Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This segment was presented by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. What's going on, everybody? I hope everyone is having a fantastic day so far. I'm here with a very special guest. I don't believe this even needs an introduction. He's one of the most prolific preseason college football magazines out there. Um, his name is infamous. He does a tremendous job. Phil Steele, thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your day, Phil, to join the show. It truly is an honor and a privilege. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate that, and uh, good talking to you. Absolutely, Phil. And let's get to it. Man, the Miami Hurricanes, once again, going into the 2021 season with a lot of hype this offseason. Phil, what are your thoughts about these 2021 Miami Hurricanes? Well, you have to be excited if you're a Miami fan heading into this year because uh, it is a loaded team experience-wise, talent-wise. I mean, 10 returning starters on offense, 9 on defense. Now, I'll, I'll preface that with that. Almost every team in college football has 15-plus returning starters this year due to the uh, eligibility thing from last year. But uh, I think when you look at Miami, as long as De'Ara King is healthy, they're going to be in great shape at quarterback. But I also like Jake Garcia and Tyler Van Dyke as the backup QBs. I think they're solid. Uh, you look at the running back situation, Cam Harris, Donald Chaney, a couple NFL-caliber running backs. The receivers are dangerous. I love the addition of Char Charleston Rambo from Oklahoma at the receiver spot. I think he teamed with Peyton and Harley be a pretty potent uh, receivers. Overall, the offensive line, a veteran group, uh, I rate in the top 25 of the country. Defensively, probably my biggest question mark, who's going to replace Quincy Roche and Jalen Phillips at defensive end? Uh, but I think the replacements are there. And then uh, DeAndre Johnson from Tennessee is a big plus. So I think the D-line with Manny Diaz taking over the defensive play and calling going to be just fine. And then the rest of the, the back seven returns intact. The special teams are solid. Uh, I I think it's going to be an exceptional year for Miami, and I would put them not only as a coastal contender, but I think if they did play Clemson, be a much better game than last year's game against Clemson. Well, I sure hope so, Phil. You know, I was at that game in Clemson in Death Valley. Ooh. We gave up over 120 yards in penalties. It was awful. And I think Miami fans, they want to compete with Clemson because the last three games, there has been no competition on Miami's end. Do you, what makes you think Miami can compete with Clemson this year? Well, you know, I think what we've seen in college football, Paul, in uh, recent years has been dominated by the top teams. And generally, uh, their experience level is pretty much about the same as everybody else's experience level. But this year, you look at the pack, and as I mentioned, I talked to 110 of the 130 head coaches this year. 
And almost every coach would tell me about spring practice. Hey, Phil, normally we're scraping to get a two deep together. This year we're running three full teams. As mentioned, everybody's got experience this year, with the exception of the four teams that were in the playoff last season. All four teams only have nine, 10, 11 returning starters. All four teams lose their starting quarterback. So I think the pack has gotten a lot closer to the Alabama, Clemson's, and Ohio State's of the world. And I think that's going to make it pretty interesting this year. Absolutely, Phil. And, you know, speaking of all of the head coaches you spoke with, you did speak with Manny Diaz previously. What's kind of, you know, your perspective on Coach Manny Diaz and, you know, how he's running the University of Miami program with the time you have spoken with him? I think he's doing a great job. And, uh, you know, you look at the recruiting, the recruiting has been solid. Uh, I think, and, you know, I love the addition of last year of De'Ara King. I love the addition of Charleston Rambo, DeAndre Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson through the transfer portal this year. I think that's a big plus. And uh, overall, uh, I think he's doing a really good job. Now you go back to, and I'll throw this out to you. When I talked to both him and Coach Mac Brown in North Carolina, I mean, let's face it, the North Carolina game was flat out ugly last year. And I had to ask both coaches, I'm like, what the heck happened? And neither one, neither Coach Diaz or Coach Brown could explain it to me what happened. It was just one of those games. So I I think that was just one of those games where anything that could go wrong went wrong. Coach Diaz was beside himself about his defense in that game. And uh, so I've always enjoyed the conversations with Coach Diaz, and I think he's doing a great job building this team. Well, I cannot wait to see what the 2021 Miami Hurricanes have to offer this upcoming season. Phil, are you familiar at all with Rhett Lashley as an offensive coordinator? Uh, yeah, well, he was at, uh, you know, SMU from 18 and 19, uh, UConn and 17. I think it was Auburn for three, four years, Arcan- all the way back to Arkansas State. So uh, pretty familiar with his offenses. Absolutely. And, you know, evaluating Derek King as a quarterback, how do you think Derek can really shine this upcoming season being implemented in Rhett Lashley's offense in a second go around, not really including a COVID-19 season where they, they're going incor- to, they already incorporated spring football. Staying healthy. I yep. mean, you go back to that uh, 2019 year with Houston or 2018 year with Houston, where he put up 50 touchdowns uh, during the course of the season, uh, both running and passing. He could be a, he's an extremely dangerous runner, someone that you almost have to assign a spy to, which helps your cover, helps uh, loosen up the coverage a little bit. And he's he's an outstanding thrower as well. I think if this guy was uh, six foot three, six foot four, every NFL scout would have him the top quarterback in the country. The fact he's five eleven maybe doesn't have him number one on the charts right now, but he is a dangerous passer, dangerous runner, and uh, I, I like the way he reads defenses as well. I can't wait to see De'Ara King back in action, uh, fully healthy from his torn ACL against Oklahoma State and. His first game of this upcoming season is going to be against the reigning national champions. You got the Alabama Crimson Tide. They have it. Their coaching staff is even more impressive than their player personnel, Phil. I'll be honest. Phil, Miami Hurricanes fan base, we are all very nervous. We have a lot of questions going into this game. How do you like this matchup? But too, my biggest question mark, Paul, is the fact that Alabama, the last five years, has had five or less returning starters on defense. This year they got eight starters back on defense. So they're going to have uh, a much better defense. I mean, last year they gave up 352 yards per game. Can you imagine a Nick Saban defense giving up 352 yards per game? I think they're going to have their best defense in a couple of years. Now, 
The advantage for Miami playing them in the opener is, you know, a brand new quarterback. Uh, the running backs, they lose their starter. I mean, they're, they've got good running backs. Brian Robinson, Chase McClellan, Trey Sanders. Uh, you look at the receiving core, they lose two first-round draft picks, much like they did last year. But I felt two years ago they had four first-round draft picks. And now I don't know if that's necessarily there right now. These guys aren't uh, a proven commodities like they were heading into last year. John Mechie's your lead dog of the receiving core. And then the offensive line loses three starters from the uh, Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. So there are some question marks on offense. If Miami can get pressure on the young quarterback, create a couple of turnovers, I think they make a game of it. Uh, it's really? it's one of those where, uh, yeah, Alabama's about an 18.5-point favorite. I think Miami can make a game of it. And like I said, I don't think it'll be like last year's Clemson game, last year's North Carolina game, or even Alabama's openers for that matter, just due to the fact that they are rather uh, very inexperienced on the offensive side of the ball. Well, I cannot wait. It's going to be an Atlanta neutral site game. Manny Diaz is still looking for his signature win at the University of Miami. Who knows? It could be against Alabama. Phil, we've been talking about North Carolina a lot. You know, that's really Miami's main competition, in my opinion, in the Coastal. Sam Howe, and I think he's the front runner for the Heisman. You can give it to Spencer Rattler. How do you think North Carolina is going to fare? Anything differently? I know they're losing some offensive playmakers, but going to the season, is the expectation to win the Coastal again for the North Carolina Tar Heels? Yeah, and you know, last year, Miami would have won the Coastal uh, had there been split divisions because they had the better record in the ACC for the season. Uh, and so when you take a look at uh, the teams this year, uh, I, I look at the fact that um, as far as North Carolina goes, having Sam Howell back is huge. Now, they do lose 2,000-yard running backs and their top two receivers. Deami Brown and Daz Newsom are both in the NFL right now. However, I think with Sam Howell throwing the football, uh, Brown and Newsom last year combined for about 1,700 yards. I think his top two receivers this year, no matter who it is, and uh, I think it'll be – uh, combination of, you know, Bo Corrales, uh, Crawford Brown, or Josh Downs. I think their top two receivers this year will also have 1,700 yards. So I'm not that concerned about the losses at receiver. I am concerned with their losses at running back, however. Michael Carter and Javante Williams are guys that combined for a couple of, they each had 1,000 yards last year, and combined they had about 7.6 yards per carry. So that's going to be tough. They're not going to have 2,000-yard rushers that average 7.6 yards a carry. They do have a solid running back addition in Ty Chandler. They've got depth there, but the running game is going to be a little bit weaker than last year. The offensive line's better. Sam Howell will be better. And I think the biggest difference with North Carolina this year is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, last year, North Carolina gave up uh, 401 yards per game, almost 30 points per game. But these guys look good getting off the bus. Mac Brown's done three great recruiting classes in his three years. They're big, they're strong, they're fast. I think they'll have one of the more improved defenses in the country. So that is Clearly the big game for Miami. I have North Carolina an underdog in one game this year. That's at Notre Dame, and they're only a slight underdog in that one. I believe the Miami game is the one uh, that decides the Coastal Division this year, and it will be a much better game than last year's, uh, especially talking to Coach Diaz and Coach Brown about that. I 100% agree, Phil. Every game Miami and UNC play in Chapel Hill, it's always a close game for Miami, whether they win or lose, or UNC usually wins by a huge margin. And Phil Longo, in my opinion, is one of the best offensive coordinators in college football. I'm extremely excited what he can incorporate with Sam Howe returning probably for his final year of college football. Phil, my last question for you. What's your early prediction on the 2021 Miami Hurricanes? 
Uh, I've got Miami going 10-2 and two this year. I've got them an underdog against Alabama, an underdog at North Carolina, about a three-point dog in that game, but I haven't favored in all the other games. So I think it's going to be another good year for Miami. Uh, basically, if you're a three-point underdog, you're one play away from winning the game, so they have an excellent opportunity uh, to get that one in North Carolina. And if they do that, then it's the ACC title game. So I think the season for Miami probably boils down to October the 16th. And, you know, I'll say this. One other team to keep your eye on if you're a Miami fan would be Pitt. Pitt is a team that could surprise a lot of folks this year. They get all the big boys at home. Kenny Pickett's back at quarterback. Keep your eyes on Israel Abenkanda. Uh, at running back. He is going to give them a running back they haven't had. They've got Jordan Addison, Tasha American, Shock, Shocky Jock Lewis at the receiving core. Lucas Kroll is going to have a big-time impact as tight end after missing most last year with injury. And uh, Narduzzi always develops a pass rush. So the only other team, I think, in the coastal Miami's really got to worry about is Pitt. But I think Miami's season does come down to uh, October the 16th when they travel to face North Carolina. Gotta love it. Phil Steele, he never misses. I think Miami Hurricanes fans will take 10-2 and two with a bowl game win, and hopefully we'll get back in the right direction. Phil, once again, it's an honor, a privilege to speak with you. Where can the good people find your magazines nationwide? Yeah, I appreciate that, Paul. And, and by the way, we got to get that bowl win for Miami. It's been <laughs> since 2016. So, and, and Coach Diaz realizes that they need to win that bowl game. But uh, the magazine's available right now at Barnes and Noble and Books a Million. It was exclusive this year, and it's they're out and available at all the Barnes and Noble, all the Books a Million, and that's your best way to get a copy. But if you don't see it at those two stores, or you got one too far away, you can just go online at philsteel.com. And when you go to philsteel.com. Uh, go to the store. You can order both the hard copy and the digital version and get a $10 discount on the two combined. And when you do that, we are going to be updating the digital version all the way up through the start of the season with all the players that uh, maybe hit the portal after the magazine went to the press June 15th, which there hasn't been a huge amount. But anybody who's out for the year, we'll have them circled. Any transfers that have come in, we'll add them to the pages. It'll be a completely up-to-date digital version to go along with the hard copy and it's like getting 130 different media guides all rolled into one. It's a quick, easy reference. And once you get one of these magazines in your hands, you'll want to have one every single season. Phil, thank you so much for your time. You're one of the most prolific college football writers out there, and it was really an honor again. Thank you, Phil. Hey, Paul, a lot of fun chatting football with you today. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely, Phil. Take care. Well, you have it from the legend himself, Phil Steele. As the Miami Hurricanes going 10-2, and a turnaround team to look out for for the 2021 season. And hey, when Phil Steele speaks, you better listen. This man created a preseason college football magazine where fathers and sons, passed down from generations, will stop what they're doing, take the magazine from the library, and go sit down and read it. The man puts out great quality content, and he's probably going to be a future Hall of Fame writer in the college football ranks. When Phil Steele says the Miami Hurricanes are going to go 10-2 and and win the Coastal, you better believe it. So I'm very curious how this upcoming season is going to be. I know Phil is a little bit more optimistic than myself, but there's so many question marks, guys. And honestly, you know, the Alabama game, if Miami does beat Alabama, it will be one of the biggest upsets in college football history, to a certain extent, of course, because Miami's ranked number 14. But in my eyes, you know, to start off the season, in Atlanta, neutral site game where Alabama's 8-0. I don't think it really matters, but they are undefeated in Alabama. Bill O'Brien's their offensive coordinator. He's going up against Manny Diaz as 
the defensive coordinator and head coach at the University of Miami. But Bill O'Brien, you know, this past year was the Houston Texans head coach. Now he's the offensive coordinator at Alabama. His resume is far more prolific. He's gone up against a million times better defensive coordinators than Manny Diaz. There are so many question marks I have for this game. I don't know what to expect, knowing the history of Miami Hurricanes football for quite a while, going up against top-notch teams. We usually fall very short and we don't compete. Will this be the same outcome? I have no idea, but I'll say this. If we lose to Alabama, if we beat Alabama, that does not determine the rest of the season. There are still a lot of crucial games, and Michigan State, which is the third game of the regular season, is a huge one. This is a team that beat Northwestern this past year. They will come in ready to play. If Miami gives up over 100 yards in penalties, loses the turnover battle, and does not show up for a noon kickoff against a Big Ten non-conference opponent, we're in for a long day against the Michigan State Spartans. I'll tell you that. Also, we got North Carolina in Chapel Hill. We never do well in Chapel Hill for whatever reason. That's another game that's going to be a shootout, my friends, and that will determine the winner of the ACC Coastal. So, in my opinion, there's a lot more important games than playing against the Alabama Crimson Tide, where, in a sense, if you lose, it really doesn't matter whatsoever. Whereas if you lose to a Pittsburgh, a North Carolina, a NC State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, it means a lot more because that goes against your conference record and therefore you cannot get into the college football playoff if you don't get to the ACC Coastal and beat Clemson. So Miami's got a tall, tough task ahead of them. I'm very curious how everything does pan out. There's a lot of question marks. Obviously, the Avante Williams situation, he was dismissed from the football team. Will he be reinstated? I think so. Now, it seems like a Coach Pata was pushing for a specific attorney. I believe his last name was Etienne, Michael Etienne Jr. Um, he works in downtown Miami. He was pushing for him to take this case, and the charges were dropped. They were dismissed. So that's great news. Obviously, you always want the truth to come out of any trial. And Avante Williams was innocent. Will he be reinstated back to the University of Miami football team? I hope so. I think Manny Diaz will make the appropriate decision. I'm not sure why he was dismissed in the first place looking at all these results now. It is what it is. But we'll see what happens. But I think Avante Williams will be reinstated. And I believe class starts tomorrow at the University of Miami. They were having student orientation a lot of freshmen were on campus, obviously running around, uh, you know, first weekend at the University of Miami. So, you know, hey, we'll find out soon if Avante Williams will be back in a part of the University of Miami football program. Also, guys, there was a second scrimmage I'm recording the next day after. So last night, Saturday night, there was a second scrimmage. I believe it was held at Travis Powell. Could be wrong. I kept it very private. Seems like De'Ara King first drive of the game. He led a uh, touchdown drive scoring. Uh, he played very well, according to Coach Manny Diaz. But the first team defense did a tremendous job throughout the entire scrimmage. And he was praising them heavily. He said Keontre Smith, Corey Flagg had great games. Uh, Zach McLeod recorded a sack. So did Elijah Roberts as well. Another uh, defensive line. He said the entire front seven played terrific. And those are all great things you want to hear going into the uh, prep week for Alabama. It was our last scrimmage as a team against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And 
wow, I think we're 11 or 12 games away from college football. The first game of the regular season for the Miami Hurricanes in Atlanta. It's crazy. I remember kind of it was yesterday where we lost to Oklahoma State and here we are present day and I can't wait guys. I'm extremely excited. Like I said, I, I, I don't know what to expect in Atlanta. I don't know if other people have their predictions. Um, you know, the spread is 17 points. So we'll see what happens on that. But, you know, I I don't know. I really don't know. Just looking at it on paper, I think Alabama has a huge edge. Nick Saban was talking about Bryce Young and the scrimmage they had. He was praising them heavily, saying the offense really played well around Bryce Young. And that's their underclassman quarterback. I believe technically could be a redshirt freshman or due to those COVID um, you know, eligibility rules, he could still be a freshman. But he's the real deal. I like him a lot. You know, there's a reason why he was a five-star, I think, number one quarterback coming out of high school, or at least in the top three. There's a reason why he was ranked that high, and he has great mobile ability. He has an outstanding arm, and he has a high football IQ. He has outstanding pocket presence. These are things you cannot teach, and I really do think Alabama has a future great quarterback in Bryce Young. I'll stand by that. If I'm wrong, hey, I'll tip my hat to everyone who told me I was wrong, (laughs) but I really do think Bryce Young is the real deal, and you know, we'll see what happens coming um, September 4th in Atlanta. I believe it's a 3.30 p.m. kickoff. I will not be there. I'll be attending all the other games, home games. And I'll try, I'm going to go to the North Carolina game. That is my goal to be there. But I will not be in Atlanta. It is what it is. I was out of the country for three weeks, so I need to I'm literally on house arrest <laughs> for, the next, uh, for the next few months. But, you know, look, I don't know what to expect in Atlanta. I, I would love to hear what other people think. Hit me up on Twitter at the Scoop You, um, on my YouTube channel as well if you listen to that. But it's going to be a very interesting game. And I'll say this, this game does not set the tone for the rest of the season. Okay, it's just a program evaluating game. If we lose by 50, okay, so be it. We got App State the next week. If we lose by 10, a touchdown, we came close. We're not that far away from Alabama. It's the first game of the season. If we beat the Alabama Crimson side, great. We beat the reigning national champions. Let's take that confidence. Let's take that win. Go into App State and kick our opponents in the ass every single week. That is the goal to dominate and get back to the Miami standard. And it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's going to take one game at a time to develop a winning culture. Consecutive seasons. Last thing I'll talk about, guys, before we wrap it up on this show, Ja'Curry Brown had his first high school game of his senior campaign. And, man, he looked really good. I mean, he had tremendous arm strength, great mobile ability. He had outstanding pocket presence. I think he is the prototypical quarterback you want running in an RPO offense. I think he can run perfectly in Rhett Lashley's offense. I understand people were saying the Cam Newton comparisons. I don't see it. I think he has a completely different windup. I think his throwing mechanics are very unorthodox. They're different. He has a very long windup to get rid of the football. That's going to have to switch at the power five level. He made some great throws. He has tremendous arm strength and power. He's an outstanding runner. Very physical, very powerful runner. He's not Lamar Jackson kind of burner speed. He runs with power. And that's something you want in goal line stand situations, uh, short yardage situations, fourth and one, fourth and two, third and three at the goal line. That's who you want running the football. So I think 
this is your prototypical quarterback in an RPO offense, but throwing mechanics wise, you're going to, you're going to need a lot of work. And I think we saw that at the elite 11 camp um, when he was airing it out, wasn't his best performance, but when you put the pads on, that's when it really matters. In the words of Allen Iverson, it's just practice, right? So he did an outstanding job. If you guys want to see highlights, they're up on YouTube. I know they were live streaming his game on CBS. So no, I thought Ja'Curry Brown played outstanding. He definitely um, exceeded my expectations uh, of him for that game. And I think my, the quarterback room is very impressive. And Tyler Van Dyke, you know, a lot of people were saying he's done a tremendous job this fall and really solidified his part to win the backup quarterback job. And that's a very important position as well because De'Ara King goes down. Well, next man up. So, you know, I think Tyler Van Dyke will be our backup quarterback and you know, next year, not to look ahead, but that quarterback competition is going to be insane. It's going to be very intense, and I love Jake Garcia. I think that's a Power 5 starting quarterback, and I think Tyler Van Dyke is another Power 5 starting quarterback. And what I saw from Ja'Curry Brown, I left, was very impressed. Obviously, it's just one game, but if he can if he can continue that and keep growing this uh, senior season, I think we're going to have a really special talent in Ja'Curry Brown. Well, that's a wrap for this week. I hope everyone enjoyed the Phil Steele episode, and man, I cannot wait till September 4th. It's uh, it's kind of scary that we're only 11, 12 days away, and I cannot wait to see the Miami Hurricanes take on the Alabama Crimson Tide in Atlanta, Georgia. Have a great rest of your day, guys, and this episode was presented by Bet Online. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh... <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.